Hi, Paris. Hi, Fallon. <laughs> How are you? Good. Are you cracking open a cold one? That's right, brother. I just did. In your druthers, cracking open a cold <laughs> one in brothers. That's me. That's right. How have you been? It's been a while since we've we've had a chat and recorded a podcast. I'm good. I'm good. Um, shit's whack uh, yeah. here in the United States, but I would much rather talk about the shit that's not happening in my life than the shit that. <laughs> And that's what we're here for, folks. That's what we're here for. <laughs> to talk yes. about books today. One book in particular. Fallon, yes. would you like to, to say what it is? Mm, yes. <laughs> uh, with a heavy heart, too. Heavy breasts. Achingly heavy breasts. So so much breast aching. Like, I've throughout never experienced the series. that, except yeah, like at certain series. points in my cycle. Yeah, I mean, that's what Not I was... when I'm, like, aroused. That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, are my biddies just too small that, like, <laughs> I just don't experience, like, breast-aching heaviness? Because, like, that doesn't happen to me. And, like, like you said, yeah, um, I have... <laughs> this is probably, like, TMI. I have an IUD, um, and I don't really get periods. But when I did get them, I used to. I would sometimes get that. Yeah, like tender breasts, but never yeah. like aching, heavy, sagging, like, oh, I'm so horny. My my breasts are just engorging. <laughs> like, I've never had that happen to me. I'm so horny, Reese. <laughs> Feel how heavy my tits are. Feel them wham on your scale, on your magic scale, Reese. <laughs> See, no, I've never, no, can't, can't relate. Nope. Can't relate, Farah. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder what that's all about. She's like, my breasts so heavy they ached, and I'm like, really, bitch? That's you should get that checked out. That could be bad. <laughs> I don't know. But um, Farah, are you doing your monthly self breast exams? Is that are you? You get on that, Farah. I know you're immortal now, but <coughs> still check in on that. Are you okay? No. Yeah, I just have. <coughs> My tits are really heavy. <laughs> no, I was choking on a pretzel. Um, <laughs> instead. Yes, yeah, so we're... F- so sorry. We're reading. We finished reading. We're going to talk about the final book so far. Uh, the transition novella of the A Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Mass. This book... A Court of Frost and Starlight. It's a teeny tiny book. And by teeny tiny, I mean what I would have considered a big book before <laughs> I started reading. Um, it's like 211 pages long. And it is focusing on the events after uh, the big war that we uh, talked about in A Court of Wings and Ruin, a.k.a. Aka War. <laughs> and uh, the Night Court's attempts to rebuild their precious city, Valeris, the relationships and how they've evolved uh, amongst the court members, and just like the general state of Prithian. And also, it serves as a segue into the next book in this series, which is going to be like a spin-off series, but it's also part of the same series, uh, A Court of Silver Flames, not a silver and flames, which is a little bit disappointing to the fandom. And but... throws me off. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. I... 
<laughs> I don't know if she was just trying to be edgy. She was like, you guys can't predict anything that I do. <laughs> You know, or or maybe or if she forgot, the, she just forgot <laughs> to put in the and, and the editor was like, "All right," and then you know she got it published. Are you sure, Sarah? And she's like, "Yeah, it's perfect." <laughs> and they've already printed them. They're sitting like in her house or in some office, and she's like, "Fuck!" <gasps> All right, I guess I guess this is just a court of silver flames. They like mailed her the first copy and she's like, what the fuck? And they're like, dude, this is what you sent us. Like, like you signed off on this, Sarah. We have your signature right here. You're just like, one oh. of this. She's like, fuck. What if that's like Sarah's biggest regret and we're all making memes about it? Oh, no. Oh, Sarah, it's okay. We still love you and I am going to it's buy okay. it on the day it comes out. <laughs> so. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm, I'm probably pre order it. Yeah. 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 Um, especially since all my book covers uh, match. Uh, yeah, good. So yeah, <laughs> a court of frost and starlight. Do you have anything to say before we begin, Paris? I am just so excited. Uh, I'm very, oh God, sorry. I'm very excited <laughs> for the Nesta books that's coming to us in February. Um, yes, ma'am. I, I cannot wait for that to happen. And this book like transitions into that one so it was fun yeah. reading this like in anticipation of the new one that will be here soon so yeah. just I'm just that I'm excited that's all I have to say I'm so excited too I really I'm uh, I'm your soul mate in that <laughs> <laughs> all right a court of frost and starlight by Sarah J Massa <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Do you like boys with wings, or maybe horns or tails? Maybe you're into scales. Perhaps you want to be the lizard queen. Do you find yourself attracted to fictional characters, like maybe vampires? Do werewolves make you cream? Uh, then welcome to our podcast. This is the place for you. Freaks and geeks are welcome, and we. We'll take you to fantasy time starts now. Set sail to a land of books and joy and big dicks. Uh, this book, we're starting out. We're starting off in the winter after the war between Highburn and uh, pretty much everyone else. Uh, humans and Fae alike. Con bo both from the continent and from the island continent of Prithian, where the majority of our story takes place, fighting for the sovereignty of uh, humans, essentially. Uh, Highburn and the High Fae there really, really missed having slaves, human slaves specifically. Big stink. And big stink. And uh, so everyone joined forces to defeat this just overwhelmingly large army. And of, <laughs> and of course... <laughs> <laughs> and of course, got, I'm sorry, got the no, juice. what happened to you just now? <laughs> what was I that? Had, okay, I have the juiciest mouth you've ever seen, okay? And sometimes <laughs> when I tilt my head back to try and get some air, uh, instead some saliva drips into my trachea and it catches me <laughs> off guard. I'm not ready for it. So you're just uh, like drowning yourself. <laughs> yeah, I am. Usually when that happens, it's because I'm trying not to drown in my own spit. <laughs> um, 
Oh, yeah, well, I'm it's so like glad that. you survived that one. That <laughs> sounded close. <laughs> you know, I'm used to it by now. Uh, I'm used to it. I'm practically Faye at this point. I'm practically immortal because um, <laughs> of the amount of near-death experiences I've had just from my own mouth hole. <laughs> really. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. So, yeah. High burn. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So, of course, because this is a a young adult fiction, should be adult fiction novel with characters we love, uh, we win. We win with relatively few casualties. Really, none of importance. None that you really care about. uh, Yeah. Yeah, like the... Two people that died, like, we only knew one of their names, uh, which was the Weaver. Her name was Striga. 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 Yeah. And uh, Ferris' dad, who whose name we never learned. We don't know nope. daddy's name. He's just Papa Archeron. Papa Archeron. <laughs> and he does get a tombstone. He does get a little... Uh, On a little meadowy hill. Cute. And w- that's engraved with his initials. What they are, we don't know. Can that be a thing? I'm sorry, what I just said, a meadowy hill. I think I meant like wildflower hills, because I think a meadow is like uh, in the forest. Maybe a meadow could be on a hill. I feel like this a is meadow, unimportant. It, I'm I, sorry. <laughs> I mean, a meadowy hill, like we got, I understood what you were saying. All right. I understood. Okay. I, I feel like if, you know what, if Sarah had written on atop a meadowy hill, I would have been like, absolutely, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Whatever you say. A meadowy hill. I I've accept. never seen one, but I, I know exactly what it looks like now. So Okay, perfect. <laughs> I don't judge you on that. A meadowy hill. Yeah. Um, and his initials are engraved on his tombstone. What those initials are, we don't fucking know. But that's okay, because it doesn't do matter, because he's dead. <laughs> and he wasn't really that important to the story anyway. <clears throat> so, let us begin. Here comes a spoiler, so don't be mad, we've warned ya. You've only got yourself to blame if you keep on listening and learn some things that you really don't want to know. If so, then go. This book starts off. We are rebuilding Valeris, the town, the city of fucking dreams, of all of our dreams in the Night Court, after it was pretty much kind of destroyed uh, from a sneak attack by Hybern's forces uh, before the big main battle of the war. Uh, and so homes were decimated, people were slaughtered, blah. So Feyre, as High Lady, has kind of taken it upon herself to go and dote on the people, help them rebuild, do coat drives, a lot of human feeling shit. It's very, very human. And I, that mm-hmm. was like my first note, like a couple chapters in, I was like, this is a human ass book. This is very much like I'm in San Francisco right now. And mm-hmm. like there are poor artists and there are like some refugees. And I don't know, it was, it felt very human. And Feyre's voice specifically felt very much like I was just listening to Sarah J. Mass's voice. I was like, oh, this is Sarah. She is like in it to win it 100%. Like, I don't know. But, and reading the acknowledgements, um, 
She said that her fucking dad had a heart attack in the middle of her writing this book. Um, and he survived. But I was like, oh, so like she was really going through some shit when she was writing this. Makes sense. So I don't know. It, it was a different tone. This book is, is, has a different tone. Did you feel the same way? Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. I mean, I didn't really think about that. But now that you said that, that totally makes sense. And I agree. I mean, she's trying to repair this beautiful place after it's been, you know, Mm war-torn. And, like, that's something that we know exists in the real world, too. And, like, it just, it feels, yeah, it does. It feels very human and real. Um, Because there's not as much, like, magic elements um, in this book as others, I would say. I mean, they still have, like, winnowing and, you know... They have wings. Mind That's fucking. Mind holy shit. The we'll save, mind fucking. We're saving that for last. We're saving it for last. Oh, it's like dessert. Um, it is. But I, yeah, I think this one is definitely feels the most like could be just a fiction novel set in um, like San Francisco, like you said. Yeah. And she's dealing with this new seat of power, like this new position of power as High Lady yeah. and like balancing that with like her love of art and her identity as an artist, but also like not really being sure how to help people or like take a break or like ask other people for help and like wanting mm-hmm. to fix everything and all this stuff that like to me <laughs> to me was annoying, not because it wasn't earnest, but because I was like, shut up and get to the fantasy. Fuck more. <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was like, Sarah, I don't want to hear about your insecurities, okay? I have enough of my own. Thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So I think that was part of that was um, a little bit hard for me to read because I was like, stop being so goddamn insecure, bitch. Like, (sighs) that makes two of us now. Shit! Oh, my God. (laughs) So, yeah. So the rebuilding Valeris. um, We're also dealing with... Uh, tensions within the night court, specifically in Illyria, amongst the Illyrian camps, the Illyrian warriors fought in the war and they suffered major casualties. And so the camp leaders and warriors and widows and, you know, people who suffered great losses during this war, they're feeling a little discontent with the night court leadership. They're feeling a little hateful. And so that's kind of uh, where we're feeling the next book is going to lead to, dealing mm-hmm. with this like discontent that is spreading amongst the Illyrian warriors, which is bad news bears because they make up the bulk of the Night Court's like, military forces. Yeah. Well, the reason why they feel so upset and uncontent is because they – went to war on, you know, because Reeson was like, hey, you guys, we, get, we need help. And they went to war and a bunch of them died. And so, like, the widows and mothers and, like, women of the camps are um, feeling obviously very upset. And mm-hmm. isn't there, like, one specific guy who's going around being like, oh, yeah, Reeson and, and Cassian and Azriel put your guys on the front line specifically so that they die, which is like a lie. Yeah. But yeah, there's like people are sowing seeds of like hate and um, <laughs> where have I heard that before? Crazy. Um, yeah, they're like lying. There's a lot of like um, hypothetical shit. And then we find out that there's like one lord's son in, speci- in 
in specific, in particular, <laughs> one Lord's son in particular, who is kind of like heading these like thought movements. And so um, that kind of sets us up right at the beginning for what we're going to elaborate on because the next book is about Cassian and Nesta. And it's probably set in the Illyrian Mountains. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Because that's where they, yeah, they really say they're going to go. At the end of this book. I'm really hoping at some point they just stop by the day court, you know? They just, like, skirt by real quick. Just, like, briefly. Because I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to know what it looks like. You just want to see Hellion? I do. <laughs> I've never met my I mean, dad. Me too. I want to meet him. <laughs> Dude, I'm down to go to day court. Thank Take you. us there, Sarah. Take us I, there. I want to go. Please. I'm asking nicely. I'm sure that will come up because we've had that little kernel from Farah that Hellion is uh, Lucian's real dad. Right. So that'll come up right. at some point. Right. We might get to visit. I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> so there's discontent in uh, the Illyrian war camps in Illyria. Bad news bears. And uh, meanwhile, they're also trying to maintain peace or even just like build peace, figure out this new structure amongst the courts of Prithian, because now that the wall has shattered, the Fae are no longer like living in secret or like mystery hypothetically like the humans and fey will like should learn how to coexist so recent is really working hard to try and make sure that no other rogue homies or bad boys like from the autumn court for example are going over crossing the wall between spring court into the human world the figurative wall now uh since the wall was destroyed in the last book um, or the book before that. I don't remember. The wall's gone. There's no wall. There's nothing dividing them now, but they don't have any structure. So Reeson goes over to Tamlin's house to try and get Tamlin to enforce some sort of patrol along his border to get... Because Autumn Court, Autumn Court's trying to expand their court into the human lands. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, 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 right. Yes. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, and, you know, the only person who can stop that is Tamlin. But because Feyre fucked up his court so much, he don't have nobody. And <laughs> Tamlin spiraled into this useless depression. Not to say that, I mean, that it's useless. Like, we've all struggled. Okay. <laughs> As someone who has uh, stumbled into, like, we know depression is useless. Not that you can help it. I'm just saying it's unfortunate and it stops you from being able to do things. I empathize with Tamlin on this, okay? Um, but Reese and does not. He doesn't give a fuck about Tamlin. So he rolls up and he's like, hey, Tamlin, you little bitch. I'm going to send you some forces, okay, so you can deal with this border issue, bitch. And Tamlin's like, tears in my eyes. Please leave me alone. I've destroyed my whole court. I've pushed everyone that cares about me away. I have no one. I'm empty. And, um, you know, like, I really just don't need this right now, Reeson. He doesn't say that, but it's implied. And so, like, Reeson really does, like, a one-two on him. And he leaves. Rightfully so, because, like, Tamlin did murder his mom and sister. And, like, you know domestically abused his mate so like we get it we get it but also like 
Poor Tamlin at the same time. Uh, so, and then Reese eventually goes back and is like, hey, Tamlin, listen, eat. <laughs> He's just like, have some food, buddy. Like, and have some elk. Have some elk. And Tamlin's like, you think Pharaoh will ever forgive me? And Reese's like, no comment. Tamlin's like, you don't have to answer that. I Probably not. And Reese is like, probably not. He's like, will you forgive me, Reese? And he's like, probably fucking not. And Tam's like, you're right. <laughs> Never mind. And then Reese is like, I'll just sit here alone with no friends and eat my elk in silence. <laughs> so um, that's another kind of setup. We don't know what Tamlin's going to do. Hopefully Tamlin, uh, you know, he reads Feeling Good. Um, the he has he has a lot of self he has a lot sorry a lot of time for self care. He um he's just you know he's gonna take some time to himself. Yeah, do some face masks, take and some uh, journal about the terrible things he's done Go and just walks. work through his process. Yeah, he's gonna do. I hope he does the mental work um to help. <laughs> curb these uh the you know rumination that i'm sure he's going through the self-defeating thoughts and um you know give forgive himself really is what needs to happen uh and then hopefully things will turn out all right for tamlin um because he's high lord and if he doesn't then no one will want to um live in the spring court and all the other courts will become overpopulated so we just need that to even out <laughs> speaking from a okay. practical perspective i'm just saying spring court is wasted on depressed tamlin um again you're not useless if you're depressed the depression is useless just clarifying there i don't want to get hate mail anyway it's a good distinction yeah thank you <laughs> Thank you. So they're trying to control the border between Spring and the human courts. Also, the Artron sisters live in Valeris now, full-time. They're full-time fae, and they're still bugging about it. They're still having some issues. Elaine's getting a little better. She's found joy in uh, gardening again and also cooking, but because it's winter, she doesn't get to garden, so she's just baking goods with um, the wraith housemates so that's cool lucian is still her mate but she wants nothing to do with him instead she's kind of like uh, you know getting a little close with asriel which i don't know dude i don't know what the fuck is gonna happen with uh, the storyline i don't know it it makes my asshole clench every time because right. i really want as to be happy but <laughs> i'm done i'm tired i'm tired of things not working out for my man's asriel god damn it i know it I know it. Do you ship Asriel and Elaine or Lucian and Elaine? See, I think this mating bond business has me fucked up. Like the concept in general, because on page 20, Cassian discusses the, the mating bond with Recent. And he's like, Reason's like bugging. He's like, I just, uh, I have to remind myself that Farrah chose me. And it's not like my mom and dad who were just shoved together. And I'm like, bitch, your mom could have rejected your dad, but he didn't. So like, did they not reap the amazing benefits that you are reaping courtesy of your mating bond with Farrah? Does everyone not reap those benefits? Like, 
Cassian's like, your mating bond is like the mating bond everyone talks about in in stories. As when we're kids, they talk about the magic of the mating bond, and like you guys have it for real. But like, why isn't it the same for everyone else? It doesn't make any sense. Like, if it's not consistent, then why have that included instead of just like letting everyone fall in love like normal? I (laughs) I think that. The mating bond is more like a connection between souls than it is between like lovers. And if you find your mate and you know, you you do connect, like your souls connect and like you love them as well, it's like even that more powerful. So maybe that's what they're saying by like or Cassian is saying, right? Like, oh, we that's the one that we all dream and hope about to have, you know, mm. is like to be connected with someone, but also to be in love with them. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But, I also feel upset about this because when I first read these books, and now this time as well, I've been irritated uh, with the inconsistency of the mating bond. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it, so say Elaine, like, I'm sure there's a third option that Sarah has, like, shat out, and it's already in print, and, like, you know, she's going to blindside us, I hope. But say Elaine gets with Asriel, and they grow together. She rejects the mating bond with Lucian, but it's always a little fingernail scratching her asshole, and therefore our collective assholes. Why would Sarah do that? Why would she create that endless conflict? Like, like there's no resolution to that that can happen other than Elaine always, like, is, is bonded to Lucian. And she has no control over it. It can't be broken. As we've seen, that, that was a big fucking deal in uh, Mist and Fury was that the mating bond cannot be broken by anything. So, like, there's no hope for Elaine if she is with anyone other than Lucian. And, but at the same time, okay, say she gets with Lucian, which like, I'm kind of rooting for just because of that. Like they have a mating bond. I want that to work out for them. And then I want Asriel to like find someone that he really digs or like come out as gay or like some shit. (laughs) I don't know. Anything to make Asriel happy. Um, Say she goes with Lucian and then like what? They're going to have their weird, like tumultuous relationship. Or, like, he'll be mated to Elaine, and then Cassian will be mated, mated to Nesta, and then all the Archeron sisters will be mated together. And then I, that just seems too cliche for me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Paris. I don't know. Well, what if Elaine and Lucian figure it out and become, you know, like, she accepts the meeting bond, but then she has Asriel as, like, her best pal, kind of like an mm. Edward Bella Jacob situation. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I hope Asriel yeah, would be okay with that because. I just feel like there has to be something bigger and better for Asriel if yes. he is not mated to Elaine. Then maybe we just haven't met her yet. Or him. What if? Or it, they. What, we don't know. What if you think she would. Do you think it's possible to throw a double mating bond? <laughs> you know, like like Lucian lassos, but Asriel also lassos, and Elaine can choose both or neither. You know, what if so they Elaine gets our like, first threesome? Yeah, they have like a brother wives situation, <laughs> um, like sister wives. Brother wives. I guess it'd be like brother husbands. <laughs> 
brother husbands. <laughs> I would be down. I'd be down to read about that. Uh, yeah. yeah, if that was like a novella all by itself, I'd buy it. I would too. I fuck, are you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> totally. Brother husbands, a court of brothers and husbands. <laughs> Sarah, hear our plea. Please make that book happen. Please, ma'am. Miss. Oh, my God. Sarah. Shit. So that's a whole mess. Hold on. Before we continue, you said something earlier that made me think of something. You said, like, the the two Archeron sisters are still bugging about how they are fae. Mm -hmm. I will never understand this. I will never get it. I don't. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, like, I get it in the context of the book, but how? Like, dude, why? Dude, dude, I'd be... When fucking <laughs> Elaine is, like, when Lucian rolls up, Lucian rolls up, and he gives he gives some presents. And he's like, hi, I know it's awkward, but I'm just, like, here to drop off my presents, and then I'll be on my merry way. And Feyre's like, <laughs> gotta please everyone. I don't know what I'm doing with my hands. And then Elaine's like, <laughs> Lucian, bitch. And then she, like, leaves. She's so fucking rude. Lucian leaves. Farrah's like, Elaine, you could just be nice to him. And she's like, what? Just because we're mates, I'm entitled. He's entitled to my time. And we're like, whoa, bitch, calm down. And she's like, well, he's a nice male. And Elaine's like, I don't want a male, bitch. And Farrah's like, she wants a human man. And I'm like, bitch, if you have you have the choice between a female and a human dude who don't want nothing to do with you. This is textbook toxic relationship 101. Are you fucking insane, Elaine? Ah! I can't. How ungrateful. Also, like, he's human and he probably has, like, a shitty, crusty asshole and really bad (laughs) teeth. Like, how, how could you pick a human over a fey male in this time Crusty that they're living? Like, like, yeah, they didn't have toilet paper. They just used fucking some hay. They had crusty-ass assholes. You know Lucian is immaculate, too. You know yeah, Lucian he's got a keeps bidet. his asshole. He's, he's got a bidet. Lucian has a bidet. <laughs> <laughs> is that what I sound like? Is that what I sound like to you? Just in that moment. Just in that moment, you can play it day. He has a day. Do you not understand? <laughs> oh, Lucian's asshole is clean. And he brushes his teeth and flosses. And his natural smell smells like the rain and wet leaves. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. Whereas Grayson smells like the swamp <laughs> and doo-doo, pig yeah, doo-doo. Yeah, and, and actual, and, and human shit Human also. shit. He smells like human shit. Yeah. Yeah, so I just will never understand why both of the Archeron sisters are like, fuck, we are fey now? Ah, this is the worst. Like, how ungrateful. And I, okay, so I have a soft spot for Nesta. Because I see a lot of myself in this character. So I empathize with Nesta more. I don't understand Elaine. I probably will never understand Elaine. And that's okay. Um, 
I feel like Elaine, the way she was set up as a character before, like character growth, character arc. Okay. That's, that is there. I get it. But she was always like, whatever Nesta and Pharaoh want to do is cool. Whatever. I just want to garden. And now she can garden. Now she can bake. So like, I get that her sovereignty was like taken away from her and her ability to like, love on this human man that she wanted to love on but it's like bitch like you'd think that she'd be empowered now that she's a fae now that she has Mm -hmm. all of this choice and like she could still go back to Grayson and be like please you know and then see how much of a dick he is because like it's really him it's his fault that he was yeah he's the worst he rejected her so like I don't understand why she's mad at her circumstances Nesta on the other hand she has been bitter since the moment her daddy fucked them over. And as described, first off, did you fucking read Wings and Ember? Of course I did. Okay. I, I don't think I want to talk about it now, but I do want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> but okay. This, this portion. So side note, Wings, uh, Wings and Embers is a short story about, Nesta and Cassian and an encounter they had at some point during uh, Mist and Fury. It's like Cassian's second encounter with Nesta and uh, he has to deliver a message or no, he, yeah, he has to deliver a message to her to give to the human queens and like see if the human queens have contacted them, whatever. But it's basically an excuse for them to be alone in a room together full of sexual tension and Nesta is being like this raging cunt. Um, but Cassian still like is vibing with her and he's just like is so hard to the point where she like uses his hardness against him and like knees him in the nuts and she's like fuck you bitch but during that encounter we learned that Nesta was like almost sexually assaulted like technically that is sexual assault um but she was not like like by definition raped which is good um but still she has she carries this memory of this boy that she was going to be engaged to or she was engaged with, but then she broke it off and uh, he attacked her and she got away. So like she holds all the stuff in. And in that short story, Sarah shares with us that like Nesta feels so much that she has to like ice everything over or else she'll just fucking combust with like emotion. She'll just like die from how much she feels, Um, which like if Sarah said it, she said it. You know, <laughs> the short story, by the way, is only available in the copy that sold at Target. Correct? A hot minute ago, yeah. Whenever it came out, yeah. which was like two thousand what sixteen seventeen. So Fallon and I read it on um, our phones, but on it was Tumblr. like a picture of someone's book, and they just took a picture of like every page of the short story and then put it on Which, Tumblr. like, dear reader, if you are listening to this, God bless you. Thank Cauldron you. Cauldron bless you. Mother bless you. Universe Ugh. bless you for that kindness, ma'am. Yeah, I hope you find your portal. I hope you find your way into I, the Feylands because you deserve it. I hope you're mated for life, you know, and are just having literally mind-blowing sex. Because um, yeah. that was a, a kindness that you paid all of us unfortunate gals who, like me, didn't even fucking know that it existed until like a week ago. Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea. It so was a I'm game so changer. glad. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So, 
I feel like Nesta's excuse is like staying on brand for Nesta as far as like her discontent with things because she has never resolved any of her shit since like her mom died. Um, which I think is why she's still like bugging. But at least Elaine is like in a nice house. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, maybe like squalor is familiar for Nesta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she lives in like a ratty ass apartment. Well, as ratty as it can be, because it's in Valeris, and it's still right. like not not the slums. It's just but, old as fuck. Yeah, it's like got chipping paint, and the yeah, the pipes are kind of rusty. Yeah, rusty. It's like it's like my apartment, basically. She's just like <laughs> she living moved to in Pittsburgh. my apartment. I'm like, it's not that bad, <laughs> Nesta. <laughs> like. Sure, uh, our apartment is leaning to the left, but it's not that bad. You know, everything you own in an apartment to the left. Yeah. In the <laughs> closet, that's my recording booth for our podcast. That, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She also talks about in um, Frost and Starlight, Nesta mentions her a, a glimpse into her PTSD from the war that she's been in. And I imagine she still has PTSD from her assault, too. But uh, she talked about how she doesn't even light the fireplace in her apartment because the sound of crackling fire sounds like bones breaking. And I bet you she's hearing, every time she hears, like, a crackling hearth, she's hearing her father's fucking neck snapping and, like, Mm -hmm. Cassian's bones getting crunched. So... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But I agree with you, dude. Dude, if we were in that scenario, if they were like, we're going to turn you into Faye and there's nothing you can do about it, we'd be like, no, stop it. And then we'd like be like, mm, it's not so bad. We'd be like, I'm about to throw you in the cauldron. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, bummer. No, stop. Don't do it. No. <laughs> I like, I like dive head first. <laughs> Cannonball off the... No, I don't want magical powers, please. No, (laughs) stop it. It's No one's touching me. It's just me. I'm like crawling in. I like jump in. (laughs) But then I'd probably end up like that bitter old human queen and I'd have like Shrek hands or something. Uh, I mean, we just have to make sure that like no one went before us (laughs) and like... I, if you went in first, for example, and you, like, came out hella overpowered, I would be like, okay, I'm going to wait a bit. Um, <laughs> I'll let it recharge. I, yeah, we're going to let it recharge because I don't, I'm not about to be fucked up over this, okay? So well, we'll just, like, wait a bit, right? I have, I have a theory about that because they do, they guess, like, oh, maybe it's because the cauldron was depleted of its power. But I think also it has to do with, like, the human queen, like, selfishly wanted to become mm. Faye. Mm-hmm. And so the cauldron, what is it, the king of Hybern who says, like, it takes, like, a very strong individual to be able to go in and come mm-hmm. out and survive. And so I think the the cauldron was like, no, fuck you. You want to be Faye? I'm going right. to make you old forever. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I bet feel the cauldron like, was like, I'm tired of being used Y'all are just using me now. And then he was like, I'm going to take this bitch's youth away. And that's that. That's what it sounds like. 
when you get old. <laughs> All right, what do we have next? <sighs> so the Archeron sisters, they're adjusting to life in Valeris. Nesta, she's living in Squala. She is, as you said, as close to squalor as you can get in Valeris because there's really not such a thing as like an unsafe, seedy area. It's just like poor. Like, it sounds to me like people in Valeris who are like poor and like into like seedy shit choose to Mm -hmm. be. They like like Mm -hmm. that lifestyle. Otherwise, there seems to be quite a lot of resources, even to the point where artists who just want to make art and live can do so. There are charities and public funding for people who want to be artists and don't want to starve. What a concept. Interesting. Fascinating. Wow. I bet they all have free health care, too. Oh, really good health care, too. Yeah. It's like excellent top tier free health care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's so annoying. Fuck y'all. It's just the worst. Ugh, disgusting. Um, so, yeah. So, meanwhile, Feyre, she's trying to rebuild Valera. She's like, how can I help? Soup drive. And she's got her <laughs> eye on this storefront uh, that was vacated during the attack on Valeris. And the owner has since been deceased. And so she makes a a friend of an owner, the owner of a studio across the street, Racina. How do you say her name? I say Racina. I don't think you say it at all. You're, (laughs) what did you just say? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you say it at all. Racina. Racina. I'm sorry. Realized, that was really mean. It was really fucking funny. I realized I've never <laughs> said it aloud. I just read it in my head. I was like, oh, yeah. Racina. How do you say it? I say, I say Racina. Okay, don't laugh. Racina. Racina. No, because that works for me. Racina. Cool. She meets a fucking, she has a friend, an artist friend who owns a studio across the street. And eventually, Racina, uh, you know, slips a little earworm into her head, not literally, um, that she should get that studio. So Farrah goes and she tries to buy the studio from the family, but the family's like, just take it, bitch, and donate the money to uh, fucking, what is it? Brushes and Chisels, I think was the charity name. Yeah, something like that. Classic. Uh, So Farrah has a studio, which is cool. Um, and then uh, towards the end of the book, we find out that Farah has started a, it's like a children's art therapy studio with Racina. Wow. So good. So. I always used to see those in malls, mm-hmm. um, like the Washington Square Mall in Beaverton has one of those. And I always wanted to go. So I felt a little bit of jealousy that these kids well maybe i shouldn't feel jealous because their parents were mostly killed in the war so i i take that back uh i don't feel jealous but you have your fair share of childhood trauma and i think maybe (laughs) if someone had let you paint for free um you know once a week i think that would have probably been a wonderful asset to you so you're allowed to feel jealous of these um you know fortunate Uh, children fey children well, then I'm jealous. I want to go. I want to go as a 23-year-old to Farrah's art studio, and I want to finger paint. <laughs> I was just thinking about 
Feyre's impeccable art ability and how she's teaching oh. kids how to how to paint, <laughs> and she's just like smearing shit yes. everywhere. And she's like, "This is how you do it, kids." And <laughs> my favorite is when <gasps> she gives everyone their solstice presents, <laughs> and and they're all like tearing <gasps> up, and they, they just go up and give her a kiss on the cheek, maybe a pat on the head, because they're like, "Good, good work, Feyre. Thank you. Um, excellent job." You know, and then she gives it to Reese, and he's crying too because he's like, "God, my mate is so bad at painting, and he's but like, I love her." And he's so like, he's um, like, "It's beautiful. You're beautiful." Not because he recognizes that it's what she saw in the Ouroboros mirror, but because he's like, "You're beautiful, and that's what counts." Because you're a shitty artist. It's like I don't know what else to say. You're beautiful, Farah. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like buying her paints and brushes to like you know like okay keep keep going like good work maybe she'll get better at some point <laughs> they're like she's immortal now she's got a lot of time to practice poor Feyre <laughs> I I imagine like Reese goes down to the studio and you know he like he like picks up a piece of art and he's like oh which child painted this and she's like well that's mine <laughs> he's like hmm? <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> I was going to say how absolutely talented this child is. Wow. Breathtaking. That's breathtaking. <laughs> Fuck, that's funny. Oh my god. So, uh, Farah's been busy, but she's not able to do as much work as she wants to because the people are starting to kick her out because it's the holidays. It's solstice, which is basically their Christmas. Uh, and also, unbeknownst to them, it is her birthday coming up. So things start to kind of chill out once it gets closer to solstice. And uh, we find out that, you know, like fun, cute things like Recent and Asriel and Cassian, they have like an adult snowball fight every year. And they've done so for the past like 500 years where they go out and they have a giant snowball fight that takes up like half the day. Which just it's how fucking so, cute is that? So freaking cute. It's so cute. I, I love the idea of them like building their little like igloo forts and like post up in their forts with building all their <sighs> snowballs and chucking them at each other. And um is it like Asriel that has like two hundred and ninety-nine wins? Yeah. Yeah. It's like is, his it's like yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he's won the most out of all of them because they're only, like, a little over 500 years old. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so cute and yes. adorable. And then afterwards, they hit the sauna, which is hot. just a, hot, literally hot, and also hot. So hot. Yeah. Feyre so uh, purposely gives Reason a boner via their bond. He she, like, stands at dirty. attention. He stands at attention, and they kick <laughs> him out of the sauna. Wow. Which I love the idea of Cassian like looking down and being like, nope, and just like yeeting Reese out of the sauna. <laughs> Him getting his naked ass getting thrown out of the sauna by his brute friends. His and brute I buddies. like that Fair is like, I heard a male yelp because it's like he's out in the snow. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's With his bare ass. His, his little peen. It's not little. His big peen. It's not little. No. 
So fun things like that. Uh, Varian comes, who is the prince of Adriata, uh, the prince of the summer court, Varian Omrin's boyfriend. Uh, they've been dating since the end of the war. Omrin, if you don't remember, now inhabits the same fae body that she used to, but she's no longer a celestial being. She's just high fae. So we've yet to see like what her power is, but she's not anywhere near as OP as she used to be, which is kind of sad. So she's taken up puzzling. She's taken up fucking this hot, hot, young <laughs> summer court lad. Um, she's taken up trying to learn how to piss and shit properly in a toilet, which is Dude, really hilarious. I feel like for her solstice gift, I would have gotten her a shiwi. <laughs> <laughs> you know what those are? The like... The, like, funnel that you pee into that, like, shoots it in a specific direction so you can pee like like people who have penises do. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. I love that. Wow. Because I I was thinking about, like, what I would get. I don't know. I'm an okay... I'm a decent gift giver. Like, (laughs) if I understand who... Like, Paris, I come up with a gift for you probably, like, every month. I find something new that I could like give to you because I just know you well. You also make it very easy to buy you things. Like it's clear the things you like. I have (laughs) an array of things to choose from. So, but I know that you're also like an incredible gift giver, period. Um, So I don't know. I was like, fuck, I don't know. I I don't want to be like more shitty gift giver. (laughs) You're not a shitty gift giver. The bookmark that you made for me is one of my favorite things that I own. It is the one of the coolest gifts I've ever been given. I love it. Oh, I'm so glad you like it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's my favorite color, and you embroidered it, and it has a freaking bee on it. How could I not like it? I know you like bees. I love, I love bees. I love little, little honeybees. They're so cute. So cute. I don't think we've ever talked about the bookmark. I, I was moving to Arizona, and Paris and I were separating for however long we're going to be apart for. And um, I started embroidering a piece of velvet, a strip of velvet, hand embroidering it with all sorts of things. Did I put your initials on it? Yeah, it has or a P Or did I just like, put a it. P on it? It's just P, but it's a beautiful <laughs> P. P. Um, and it took me like fucking months, <laughs> months to do, because velvet is a bitch to embroider. Stick with linen, folks. Um but yeah, I was really proud of it. And I'm so glad that you like it and enjoy it. Yes, I love it. I'm glad. So, Solstice. Solstice rolls up. Varian's there. Omrin's there. Reason's there. Feyre's there. Cassian's there. The whole crew is there, except Nesta. She comes later. And Lucian. He's partying in the human realm. He's found buddies there um, with Vasa, one of the human queens, and Jurian. No. Yes. <laughs> Urian. <laughs> Urian. It's a J. Yes, but it's like a silent J, like jalapeno. We've discussed this. Do we? Yes. I'm gonna say Jurian. You were, we were probably really drunk. Do you not remember? <laughs> I don't really remember. I vaguely remember, but <laughs> I'm gonna say Jurian. Jurian, because it's a fucking right. J, dude. Yeah, I know, but it's a it's a, like a silent J. It's Urian. Says who? <laughs> It's okay. You can say Jurian, but it's it's Urian. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> say whatever uh, you want to say. 
that dude. Anyway, Lucian's not there. Ness is not there. But everyone else is. And it was one of, it also, uh, one of my favorite lines came up, which was on page 148 of my book. On page 148, they're all hanging out in the living room before the hearth. They're about to exchange gifts. And Recent is admiring how hot Feyre is. Oh, and he's yes. just looking at her and he's thinking about how he's going to undress her. And Omrin says, you'll make me vomit. Omrin hissed, kicking me with her. Oh, this is also from Reese's perspective. Yes. Some of the chapters were from, so the chapters were from Feyre, Recent, Cassian, and Nesta, and Moore's perspective. Mm -hmm. But only Feyre and Reese were in first person, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. Which makes me think, is the new book going to be in third person or in first I person? I hope not. I think what she was doing was she was like, this is still about Reese and Feyre. I'm going to give them first person. Yeah, right, right. You were reading from page 148. I was reading from page 148. Reese is looking at Feyre's ass. And Omrin says. <laughs> at them cheeks. Them cheeks. This is from Reese's perspective. Omrin says, you'll make me vomit. Omrin hissed, kicking me with her silk shoe from where she sat in the armchair, armchair, the Omrin chair, <laughs> armchair adjacent to mine. Rain in that scent of yours, boy. Bitch, she can smell his dick. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like his arousal. So maybe it's like his pre-cum. I, which is his dick. <laughs> I'm just saying that was fucking hilarious thinking yeah. about like if that was true in that moment how many times have like recent and Feyre been like and Cassian too everyone when anyone's horny I guess that's the disadvantage of being Fey. yeah your heightened sense of smell and also like your heightened smell period yeah too. there's everyone like just no smells getting you. away with like silent farts anymore like everyone knows that it was you <sighs> They all fucking know. Right. I didn't even fucking think. You know what? I bet that's where, if you want to get real into it, I bet that's where the myth that the fae can't lie came from. Like, <laughs> like the human, like, it was really that, like, they can't lie because you can't hide your scent. You know, like if you're aroused by someone else other than like your partner or like if you shat your pants or whatever, everyone knows what you're up to. Yeah. You can't hide it. Yeah. You can't just like wear a pair of baggy sweats and pretend that there's no shit in your underwear. Like everyone knows. They all right. know that you shit yourself. Yeah. There's no way to escape it with mm -mm. that face sense of smell. Mm -mm -mm. Wild. No, but the I think the you're right. The um, arousal would be the worst because everyone knows when you're like turned on or horny. And like, yeah. what if you have a weird kink that you're not ready to share with anyone? Right. And you like see a broom, and you get really hot, and they're like, "Why are you attracted to you know cleaning products like brooms?" And you're like, oh, "It's yeah. just my kink." They're like, yeah, "I like to shove them up my ass." <laughs> It's like, it's my thing, but I wasn't quite ready to share, as, but I guess I am now, so. Yeah. Do you think that's, like, thinking about it, okay, <laughs> more prefers females. Mm -hmm. So, like, Azrael has to know, because he's around mm -hmm. her all the time, and if there's a hot lady that she's into, he's like, sniff, sniff, fuck, 
Well, know? I think, didn't Moore say in Wings and Ruin that she's been with both, but she prefers females? Mm-hmm. So maybe Asriel just thinks that she is bisexual. Oh, uh, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The smell thing, these little details, they make the previous story more complicated because of the stinks. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like, Elaine is now Faye. Mm-hmm. So why the fuck would she want to be with crusty-ass human Grayson? I like, she can smell... Like shit. Yeah, she can smell even better than before. Mm-hmm. Of course she can. She's Faye. So... You know, she could probably maybe smell like a hint of his crusty asshole before. But even more now. Like, there's no escaping the crust. <laughs> you know there's what I no mean? escape. Yeah. <laughs> I do, my friend. I do know what you mean. Um, yeah, there's no... But maybe because she was in love with him? Uh, she was willing like, to look like, past that? She, maybe she likes his ass crust. Maybe she I, no. liked his crusty human ass. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, she and just she learned to, to lap that with shit it. up. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not it. Sorry, that ain't it, chief. She just learned to live with it, you know? Like like some of us have to. You know? Not Brady does not have a crusty asshole. I should clarify. Brady's asshole is not a crusty one. He's looking at me and he's really confused. Your asshole is fine. I'm sure it's clean. I've I've never seen it, but I imagine it's a clean one. You've never seen Brady's asshole? Huh? What'd you say? Sorry. You've never seen Brady's asshole? No, I've never seen his asshole. Have you seen Casper's asshole? It's really hard to find, but I've seen it. <laughs> Because it's hairy. No, 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 no. His butthole is very ca- it's His cheeks are cavernous. So it's not like <laughs> my cheeks are hollow. So like if I just bend over, I feel like someone could easily see my asshole. Like my cheeks will just like spread because my, my crack <laughs> is very shallow. But his is incredibly deep. And so even when you spread, this is years ago. This was like 2015. <laughs> if you spread them all the way, you still have to like search down below. It's like, it's really far in. His, his ass crack is probably like four and a half inches deep, five so inches you're, deep. you're just saying your boyfriend's like really cheeked up. But he's not. He still has like a flat <laughs> booty. Like he still calls himself Ouch. no booty Judy. I, oh, I yeah. know. Hey, I'm not an ass gal. Per- personally, I'm not an ass gal. So it's like, it's not a big deal to me. Mm. It's not. I'm like, oh, I wish you had a fat ass. Um, like... <laughs> Um, you know, he has other wonderful merits, like physical traits, like hazel eyes and, um, like a nice mouth and the most beautiful eyebrows I've ever seen, you know, besides my own, of course. He has the most pin straight nose I've ever seen. He has an incredibly angular nose. It is just like, it's a right angle. That bitch is a right angle. Yeah. Uh, geometric, if I do say so myself. Where were we? We were at Solstice. Um, Reese yes. was stanky. His dick was wafting in the air, and Amran was like, shut I, it I down. Don't, I don't believe that it was stanky. I think she could just smell it. Well, she said, you'll make me vomit. Yeah, like, ooh, you guys are gross. Get away. But well, I don't think, well, maybe, don't, actually, maybe it is. No, I fucking know. 
Because Reese, remember, Reese was like, I once offered Omran a place in my bed. I, I once invited her to my bed. And she laughed in my face. <laughs> I bet Omran doesn't think Reese is that hot. Like, I'm sure he, she finds him, like, maybe aesthetically. But Omran's not, wasn't a high face. She didn't start out that way. Yeah. And so I bet, like, she's like, ugh, fucking sex stink. Get away from me, sir. Yeah, She's not but like, oh. I refuse, I refuse to believe that sex stink, as you call it, smells like human sex stink. I bet it smells like mm. fucking juniper or <laughs> like the sea. I, I refuse. I refuse. It can't smell like corn chips. There's dude, no way. Dude, I'm not saying that it doesn't. I'm saying that to Omrin, Reese's stink doesn't smell. In the way that Tamlin's stink is no longer appealing to Feyre. In fact, it's probably revolting. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying right. it's a compatibility thing. Sure. I hear you there. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for hearing me. <laughs> what an unimportant thing to get caught up on. I'm so sorry. Um, we're really... Okay, so it's Solstice. Nesta shows up. <laughs> Nesta shows up, and uh, previously, Feyre had hunted her down. She was like, listen, bitch. She hunted her down to this tavern, this seedy tavern. Not really seedy, just like old and like dirty. And uh, she's like, listen, bitch, come to Solstice. If not for Elaine, for me. And if not for me, for Elaine. And Nesta's like, I'll go if you... Or she's like, uh, no. Nesta's like, my rent's due. Bitch, pay up. And Ness was like, I'll give you your rent money, but you got to come to Solstice. And she's like, mm. So Nesta shows up. Elaine gives her a gift. They exchange gifts. Nesta's in the corner. She's not talking to anyone. She's like barely eating dinner. She's also lost a lot of weight. Nesta's depressed. She's got PTSD. Useless depression. Okay. Consistency is what I'm going for here. <laughs> You gotta commit. You gotta commit to it. <laughs> Fuck, I'm really gonna regret that. I know, and I it's not how I wanted to come across, you guys. I promise. Um, and uh, Nesta's being a party pooper. Okay, she's she's a, a dimming light, dim dying light. She's a black hole in this party. This these festivities, this mountain of gifts that people are tearing through. None of them are for Nesta, except for one. <laughs> Uh, and so at the end of the night, Nesta's like, bye. Pharaoh rolls up. She's like, hey, listen, here's your check. Please don't take it. Please be a good girl. Please come work for us instead. And Nesta's like, psych! And she takes the check. She le- takes the money. She leaves. Cassian is like, uh-uh, bitch. Absolutely fucking not! And she, he goes after Nesta. He, like, shoves Feyre out of the way. He's like, move. I gotta go. I gotta go tackle this bitch. And so he, like, follows her out into the snow. And he's trying to play it cool. He's trying to be chill. And he's like, hey, baby. You wanna let me walk you home? And Nesta's like, fuck you. Fuck everything you stand for. Leave me alone! And Cassian's like, no can do, Sarge. No can do. So Nesta, uh, Cassian, like, follows her. And he walks with her. He tries to get her to chat. Nesta's like, what is that in your hands? Cassian's like, it's your solstice gift. 
he got her something. It's in a little tiny box. He took forever to find it. He, it like, took him for months it to find it. We don't know what the fuck it is. We don't fucking know what it is. Vanessa looks at it and she's like, I don't want it. Cassian's like, I think you do want this one. It took me a long time to find it. <laughs> and Esther's like, no, bitch. I don't fucking want it. I don't want you. I don't want anyone. Leave me alone. And so she leaves him. And Cassian, in the most heartbreaking moment of this whole fucking series, fucking throws the box into the What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? My favorite meme that I found on like the internet of this series is that picture of like the crying kid at a baseball game and he's like reaching his arms up and it's like me trying to catch the box that Cassian threw into the sea. <laughs> that is my favorite meme of all time because it was so true. I was just like, fuck, dude, what was in it? <laughs> tell us, at least tell us what was in it. Do you remember her le- like losing anything? Do you have any idea what's in that box, Paris? No, I bet it is something to like help her hone in her magic or is it like her own siphon pleasure or something? Yeah, like her own siphon or something. That'd be cute. Yeah, Ugh. and it's now at the bottom of the Cedra. <sighs> what the fuck? Fuck, stupid bitch. Um, so she goes home and she like slides down the door. She's stressed. She knows Cassian followed her and it's like waiting for her light to turn on. So she turns on a light and then he leaves her alone. Uh, and so that's kind of like where we're left off. Uh, as far as this book goes, at the end of the book, there's like a sneak peek into the next series. But if mm-hmm. you're like me, an idiot who trusted that the new covers would answer all of our prayers, you'd be wrong uh, and disappointed because uh, my book does not include the sneak peek of the next book in the series, which like but hurt my mine asshole. does. So Paris will get into that. Yes. But that's yes. where we're left off with Cassian and Nesta. And uh, before we go into the dessert, the finale, the mm, of this episode, mm-hmm. I do want to talk about the evidence that we have so far that Cassian and Nesta are mates. Okay. Do you have any, do you, do you have notes on this, Paris? Or is it just me? Am I just um, hanging here? I don't have notes on that particular topic, but I do have a few other notes that I would like to read at some point because I think they're good ones. Okay, okay. So on page 147, Cassian and Azriel are hanging out in the guest room of the townhouse. And Reeson, this is from Reeson's perspective, Recent is chatting with Cassie, and Cassian's complaining about how small the room is. And Reese's like, well, why don't you just want to get a ha- You should just get a house. Get a house in, in Valeris. And Cassian's like, I don't need a fucking house. I just need a, a, a room that fits me. And Reese's like, I chuckled again, but held in my retort. My suggestion that he might want a place of his own soon. Not that anything was happening on that front. Not anytime soon. Nesta had made it clear enough she had no interest in Cassian. Not even in being in the same room as him. I knew why. I'd seen it happen. Felt that way plenty. 
bitch. Bitch. Uh, that okay. paragraph, yep. I was like, <laughs> I am perked. My asshole is puckered. I'm ready. That They're fucking mates, dude. They're fucking mates. Yeah, I think they are too. I think that all three of the Archeron sisters will have mates. I think that for yes. sure. Yes. Did you talk about your theory on the podcast, Paris? Yeah, I did. did I think okay. it, I don't know if it was the last episode or the one before, but my theory is that the Archeron sisters um, come from a long-forgotten Fey bloodline, mm-hmm. which is why the Fey are um, more drawn to them, and then also why Feyre is like such a badass, mm-hmm. and it was like her fate to be intertwined with the High Fey. It's because she comes from a fey bloodline. I agree. That's my because that's my guess. If Cassian like was enraptured by uh, Nesta, the moment he met her, the moment he met her, she was still human, and she was still human from a hot for a hot minute, and like mm-hmm. he was drawn to her this whole time. He was he just found her so irresistible, and in Wings and mm-hmm. Embers, we see like even more of that of how his like scent was his like undoing. He was like, I had mm-hmm. to keep my eyes on hers or else I would let them roll back into my fucking head and yeah. just like Well same thing with Feyre and Recent. Mm-hmm. Like when Feyre was um under the mountain, Recent was like, Ooh, hot damn. I like you a lot mm-hmm. and you're a human, but yeah. I don't know if you're my mate yet. And then she turns into Fay right. and he's like, Shit, you're my mate. Right. So but Nesta is Faye now. She is so, Faye like, now. do you think it will, their mating bond will snap into place the first time they fuck? I think it, oh, probably the first, I think it'll snap into place. I think Cassian already feels it, and I think Nesta also feels it. Otherwise, why the fuck would she have, like, she couldn't even help herself but literally throw her body across his when he was about to die in Akawar mm-hmm. because she's like, I can't even fathom living without this dude and i bet that scared the shit out of her and that's why Mm -hmm. she is like she's like i can't even fucking just like leave me the fuck alone because i cannot be open to this level of hurt like i think nesta is a much more complex character than people give her respect for um (laughs) i think she can't even like bring herself to be like allow herself to feel what she feels for Cassian, like, as far as their mating bond goes, because she's like, I will be so fucking vulnerable if I do. I will be left open, and I will be destroyed if that happens. Mm. And that's, like, so sad, bitch. So sad. But I'm ready. I'm ready for her to get destroyed by that dick. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're saying, and I (laughs) feel exactly the same way. I'm saying the exact same thing. Also... I, b- before I get ahead, I, before I get fucking dick drunk thinking about that, um, the theory that the Archeron sisters have fey blood. What if their mom was like half fey, but she like had human ears? Because like her mom, why was her mom like, Feyre, you need to take care of everyone? Was her mom a seer? that'd be cool if she was because then it'd be like it runs in the bloodline and that's why elaine is also a seer but like she died of typhus oh that's true she did die of typhus. i feel like yeah maybe 
maybe you don't die of typhus if, if you you're have fae. fae. Yeah, if you have fae, yeah. fae blood, fair. <laughs> so I think you're I think you're on to something because like why would these elite fae warriors be mated to humans if they weren't if they didn't have some shit going on? Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any mm-hmm. fucking sense. <laughs> Which like really makes me want to do ancestry.com. <laughs> Because, like, I want to know, do I have fey lineage? You know, like, in my 23 awesome. and me, I do have, like, 1.25% unassigned. Which means they don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And I bet it's, bet it's fey. Yeah, it's a little bit of hellion. It's yes. a little bit of decor running in my veins. <laughs> just, it's, it's my anemia. It just comes out. I'm just, like, cold oh my all God. the time. This is really what it is. Fuck. <laughs> well, can I read some of my little points? Yes. They're just kind of like yes, fun little ma'am. dorky ones. Please do. All right. On page 48, uh, Feyre is talking about her period pain. <laughs> and she says, It seemed that in being made, the, ac- the amplification of all my attributes hadn't stopped its strength and Fey features, which just solidifies like what we've been talking about. Um, throughout the last couple episodes of this podcast, like Feyre was super strong in real life, and they amplified her features when she became Fey. So now she is the actual Hulk. She period. Like it's is. been confirmed. It's been confirmed. Yeah, the amplifications yeah. of my attributes hadn't stopped at strength. Cause yep. she knows she's a Hulk. And literally, Reese was like, "You're really strong for Fey. Do you know that?" Mm-hmm. Because she was just fucking He-Man when she was a human. <laughs> she was so strong. All right. That's, oh, all, that's all on that point. Feyre. I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> Hulking Feyre. Okay. Also on page 48, Feyre says, at least the contraceptive brew he took was working. And I made a note and I said, when do we get that for human boys? We want contraceptives for men. What the fuck? I felt the exact same fucking way, dude. <laughs> yeah. Also, that's like, a switch up. Ugh. That's a switch up, too. I'm pretty sure when they, like, fuck for the first time. Is it Akawar where they mate for the first time? Or no, it's, it's of course. No, I'm stupid. It's Miss and Fury where they mate. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, babies. And she's like, babies. And he's like birth control and she's like birth control she takes i'm pretty sure in according yeah. to mr fury she's the one who takes the contraceptive first and then she, yeah, she's but- like it would undo all of the fucking comments <laughs> she's like it would nullify all that high lord spunk and um in this one <laughs> now recent i guess I, maybe she took the plan b but he is like the one taking the spermicide, which is so yeah. unfair for God. us humans. You know that that's been tested, um, like in real life with humans. Like they've made birth control for men to take, but they were like, "Oh no, like uh, it's, made, it's a side effects on men, or like it's too much." Like, but it had like no more than the same side effects for women, yeah. and like it. God, it just makes me so mad because I'm like, I have to like pay out of my own pocket for my birth control or for to get my IUD. And like, I love my boyfriend, but he gets to get off 
fucking scot-free. Literally. He doesn't have to do shit. Yeah. And it's so unfair. And there's that, like, that meme. It's not a meme, but it's, like, an Instagram post floating around that it's, like, I'm sure it was a Tumblr post at first, but it's, like, you know, women can only get pregnant once a month or once every cycle. Men could get pretty much an unlimited amount of women pregnant. Like, mm-hmm. it, like men get more people pregnant than, like, people who can get pregnant. Like, it just yeah. doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, it's just, it's just, like, the you know, our patriarchal society policing our bodies even more. Yeah. Like, they could make it for men, and men could take it, and men are the ones who should take it, yep. because, like you said, they have the possibility of impregnating umpteen amounts of women. Yes. Like, they could impregnate multiple women in the same day, yep. right? But, like, we are the ones who have to take it, and we are the ones who have to pay for it, and we are the ones who have to, you know, suffer the side effects of it, because that's, like... The structure that our society has built. Yeah, it's. And I just want to live in Valeris, where they have a contraceptive brew that freaking men take. Like, yeah, yeah, it's fucking nuts. Fucking nuts. I share your rage. I share your rage on that. Yeah, I don't know. I I I remember I was like, would you like? What do you think about vasectomies? Just like spitballing here. (laughs) And he was like, Are you fucking kidding me? And I was like. No, no, I'm not. Because uh, <laughs> I've tried, I've tried the things. I've tried them and they all suck. All of the yeah. birth controls suck so much ass. Why? Why is it up to me to do that shit? It's not my fucking fault. My eggs are just chilling here. I get a set amount from birth. I don't make any more. They just die over time. And I just like <laughs> shit them out every couple of months. I just shit because I, I have irregular you, I periods. <laughs> So, like, I don't know, dude. Figure it out, science. Scientists. Yeah. I second that. We want male contraceptives. We want it now. Okay, I have I have another note that's, like, on a lighter, a lighter note. Give it to me. Um, all right, page 95. Recent goes in to kiss Feyre, and he says, I kissed her cheek. Breathing in her lilac and pear scent, I'm and I said, so glad. "Fuck," because <laughs> did you say you're so glad I mentioned this? Yeah, because yeah, recent smells like citrus and salt, and Pharaoh smells like lilac and pears. It's not, it's not fair. No. Like everyone, all of the Fae, they have like two different scents that they smell like at the same time, and they're both good ones. They're not like shit and piss. <laughs> you know, they smell. <laughs> Like lilac and pears, axe it's and just... lint, <laughs> gamer sweat and Mountain Dew code red. <laughs> Mountain Dew code red and Mountain Dew original. <laughs> I don't think I'd mind if if Brady just smelled like different kinds of Mountain Dew. Yeah, no, it wouldn't I, be that. That'd bad. be probably fine. Or like yeah, Pepsi fine. or like any sort of soft drink would not be an issue, but. Feyre fucking no. literally smells like a fragrant, expensive, sparkling wine. You know? Like, she smells yeah. like a, a, a white dessert wine. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair at all. I know. I, I don't. Yeah. I remember reading that right. and being like, fuck you, dude. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you have any other okay. notes? Okay. Yes, I okay. do. I have a good one. On page 112... 
Recent is talking about Nesta to Feyre, and he says, There are wine rooms in this city, Reese said, cringing. There are concert halls, fine restaurants, pleasure clubs, and yet your sister... I'm sorry, pleasure clubs? I want to know more about the pleasure clubs. Tell us more about those. Do y'all frequent them? Should we meet you there? What's required? (laughs) What's the attire? What's the... uh, Is there a cover charge? What does that look like? Is there... Is there a dress code? Is the dress code no clothes? Like, what are what's the pleasure club looking like? Thunder down and under I, the mountain. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I mean, because because Reese is like constantly goading Farah and and being like, "Ooh, do you want to come into the steam room and sit naked with me and Azriel and Cassian? And I'm just trying to see what you're into, like." Um, take her to the pleasure club. Dude. I wanna, I wanna see that. We wanna watch. We wanna watch. Yeah, dude, totally. <laughs> and like, I love how Reese is like, I'm so territorial of my mate, but he's also like, do you wanna bring a third in? I mean, he's like, I know. Whatever you he's want. like, you wanna fuck my brother? So <laughs> you into the- <laughs> He's like, I would not share with anyone except for maybe Cassie and Azrael. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Farah, I count three holes, baby. I don't know what oh. I <laughs> But oh at the same God. time, whenever Cassian makes like a I'll fuck Farah joke, Reese is like, I will fucking kill you. I don't care if we've been <laughs> brothers for 500 years. I will destroy you right here, right now. So I'm like, where's yeah. the consistency, Reese? Get it together. Maybe he's just, you know, a shameless flirt. Yeah. And he just really, really likes to to wag it at her face. I, but I don't know. I think he is a shameless flirt. I'm just and I'm just waiting for her to say yes, you know? I know. When she's gonna when is she gonna call us bluff? And he's like, Oh never mind. <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> I don't really want that. That's not a good idea. That doesn't sound like fun for me to watch that. Uh, but Well, that's the end of my notes. I have like two other ones that are more like broader topics but i have a feeling we're about to tap into one of those we probably are um uh, yeah so i was gonna say something uh oh what do you think a fey pleasure hall looks like like i oh, do you think um, there are like lesser fairies there too i'm sure they're of all shapes yes. and sizes and genders or lack thereof and it's yes. just a smorgasbord of delicious it- scents it looks like like a bad dragon ad <gasps> in there. Oh like, my god. <laughs> like you know that there's you know, the high fey, they're kind of humanoid creatures, so they all have like the genitalia that we've come to know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are also like other fairies and different kinds of fairies mm. that may have different kinds of genitalia. Mm-hmm. So who knows what it looks like yep. in there? I just want to be. You have to come prepared for anything. I just want to be licked by a pronged tongue, you know, a forked tongue. <laughs> like a forked tongue. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I want. Is that too much to ask? No, Earth. I mean they have they have cosmetic surgery for that. You oh, could probably okay, talk to human. Casper. Those are fucking. Those like trip me out. Those are actually quite disgusting to watch. When people get those surgeries done, I would never. Paris, know this about me. I would never, okay? All right. All right, that's fair. 
No. I don't think that I would ever, I, I, I know that I would never do that to myself. But I don't have anything against people who do it. I mean, like, no. it's an aesthetic choice. Um, if Brady came to me and said, like, Paris, there's this thing, like, I really want to do, like, you know, trying to split my tongue in half, I would be concerned because it's, like, very out of character for him. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, like maybe in the long run I could support it because, like, it, you know, if that was, like, his thing, you know, I, I love him. Of so. course, yeah. No, and same same with Catherine. I would, like, consider it and I'd just be like, well, if you're going to do that, you got to commit and you have to get scales tattooed all over your body. Yeah, you have to get, like, full sleeves. You have to get um, wing and, implants. And gauges as well. Wing implants and gauges and full sleeves. And uh, and let's grow your hair out a little bit. Yeah. You really love that emo scene look, don't you? Oh, Do you really God, like gauges? So, yes. Yeah? I think they're so hot. Wow, that's so <laughs> I love, I like, I even like, like, piercings. Like, I would be into, like, a, a, like a tongue bite. ring. Yeah. I mean, I, I think maybe I never left um, Spencer's when I was 12. I just forever lived the there first in my time. mind. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is my home now. You actually died in there. You died from ecstasy, mm-hmm. and then your ghost this is purgatory. has never been, yeah, never been the same. That's funny as fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just love it. Okay. I think it's time, Paris. I think it's time... I think it's time to talk about the thing we all came here for. Can I pee first? Yeah, me too. Okay, BRB. I'm sorry. I'll be right back. No, it's okay. She maybe she likes his ass crust. Maybe I, she no. liked his crusty human ass. Mm-mm-mm-mm. No, she and just she wanted to, to lap that shit it. up. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not it. Sorry, that ain't it, Chief. She just learned to live <laughs> with it. You know, like, like some of us have to. You know?